Hey, what's up, wonderful people? Welcome on in once again to Behind the Voice. Thank you so much, guys, for clicking on this particular podcast. I highly appreciate it. If you haven't already, there are more episodes of voice actors, me talking to these voice actors of these amazing video games. Check it out. But this one in particular, I was so excited and I'm so happy that I got a chance to talk to him. Derek Hager got to play Jesse Rentia in the Evil West game. And I got to tell you, this game was really fun. This game is really action-packed and it will give you the feeling of God of War. But at the same time, it will really blow your mind with the amount of action this game has. And it's so fun to play. And Derek Hager is a gamer himself and he loves playing video games. And you will see the amount of excitement he had when he got to play the role of Jesse Rentier because he was super excited to get into this game. And so without any further ado, let's just jump in. Thank you so much for, for coming. Thank you so much for saying yes. And thank you so much for being here. I hope you're doing awesome. Yeah, doing really well. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, I, I When I Evil West came out, when the trailer came out, I was really excited to see how... The game was the game was kind of like I, I was like it's it's similar but it's very different it's very action oriented and at the same time God of War was also around the same time and I was like this is uh, very cool because two action games and I really wanted to play both of them and after God of War this game was also there so I was like this is really cool so uh, you know after a lot of people played the game a lot of people had uh, really good really good things to say about it what what do you think about so far the the reception that this game has gotten uh, from the game. Yeah, I think I, th I think we're we're all really quite happy, and I think the developers and the distributors are as well. Really happy with the reception that the game got. Um, the The delay brought it even closer to the release of God of War, and yeah. I think everybody look. You know when you're you're going head to head with a big dog, right? And, <laughs> and I mean there there was kind of no question about that. But it, you know it's a, it's a testament to the the confidence that they had in the new the new IP, the concepts behind it. The particularly the combat, the combat mm. in 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 Evil West is, is like my forearms hurt after some of those arenas, <laughs> and not even after a boss battle. I mean, it's yeah. not even the long ones. It's just the intensity that you um, that you got to play it at, and all the different options that you got to remember. And mm. you, like we get into that later, but um, yeah, I I'm really really very happy, and really I'm I'm really honored to to be part of it as well because like you, I saw. I saw the initial trailer at the Game Awards in 2020, yeah. I think it would have been. Yeah, and I it think It was so. middle of the night over here. Do you stay out? I mean, you. I suppose it's getting early in the morning for you. Yeah, actually. it you would. just get the, up early. The show would be around 6 a.m. the next day, so I had to wake up early. I'm like, oh, hello there. I'm going to watch this Game Awards wake up. And, but yeah, it was really fun to watch that trailer. Yeah, and it and I saw it and I thought, oh, this looks really interesting. I think this is going to be really, you know, this is going to be something really cool. And um Three months after that, the breakdown came through for, I can't remember how they described it, but it was, it was like steampunk science fiction vampire cowboy or something. And I thought, Ooh, I wonder if I know what this is. And it was one of the breakdowns. You don't always get these, but sometimes the character breakdown comes with a, with some art mm. just up in the top corner, some concept art. And I recognized Jen, uh, Jesse Rencher right away. And I thought, I know, I know what this game is yeah. and I really want to get it. Um, so I had a, I think I did one meeting. This was still COVID-y time. So it was all from home. It was sort of like we're doing now. Um, had a, a meeting to do some read-throughs, spoke with the writers, spoke with the director and the, the performance director on our end, Jason Vaughn, um, was happy with the meeting, left it thinking, oh, I really want this. Um, and then I think about, it took about a month and it was one of those ones that you sort of start to forget about. And then the call comes through and they said that, yeah, they want you to play Jesse Rencher. And I was like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> um, 
and yeah, and then we kind of took it from there. So wow. So so you you got to see. So it was like uh, the it's the, the calling when that happened. I think that before that you did not know anything about the game when uh, you were getting into auditioning and stuff like that. You didn't know anything about the world or what the character is going to be. No. So the only thing I knew, I knew what everybody else knew from the the sort of the announcement trailer mm. at the Game Awards, um, which didn't give away very much. It didn't oh, yeah. give away if it was an RPG. It didn't give away if it was an action game, anything like that. The scripts were, as they tend to be, because everything's very secretive, obviously, mm. um, were just really concise. They could stand on their own, but they could have been read in, you know, a hundred different ways. And that's the 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 director took us through two or three different options just to see if there was variety if i had flexibility as a as a performer but they they don't ever confirm oh that's what we're looking for do you know what i mean uh, or, oh yes okay. that's it because the game is like this cuz you still don't have the job do you know mm -hmm. what i mean you're still mm -hmm. not on the team so they're they're still not going to give anything away so really i didn't start to figure out what the game was and this is not uncommon um until the first session when we, we, we took about a half an hour and sat down and went through, you know, they mentioned there were going to be arenas, there were going to be boss battles. Because it, it sounds ridiculous, but up to that point, I didn't, this could have been a survival game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This could have been managing your inventory or crafting or like it could have been anything. But I had done, a, I had played Shadow Warrior 1 and Shadow Warrior 2. So yeah. I had a bit of a gut feeling that this was going to be an over-the-top action <laughs> yeah. title. Um, I was really pleased to find out that it was third person. I know a lot of people don't like third person or they do, mm. or, but I just liked, I liked the idea of, of seeing this particular character in the situations that he was in with all the gear and so many weapons and all that stuff. So the more I found out about it after the first sort of recording session, the, the, the more excited I got about it, the better I felt. And it, it's one of the times where I've, I've really been looking forward to playing a game that I'm actually doing work for as well. I was really psyched about it. That's that's awesome. You know, you not only uh, got the role, you also you get to play the game. You're playing so many other games. Uh, was was video games like a, a thing? Like you always like you you've been always playing. Like was it your favorite thing to do, or is it one of your things that one of the things that you still want to continue? Like it's one of the biggest part of your life. Yeah, so growing up, it was big. Growing up, my first system was the, uh, I mean, a friend of mine had a Commodore 64. We're going way back here, by the way. <laughs> um, a friend of mine had a Commodore 64. He had the Mission Impossible game. Uh, I think Prince of Persia, you know, those sort of PC, mm -hmm. really, really yeah, yeah. early, really simple games. I got a Nintendo Entertainment System, the original with like Mario Brothers. Awesome. Castlevania really captured my imagination. I like the gothic horror elements. Um, again, really simple game, uh, played right up until probably the release of PlayStation of the first PlayStation. Wow. Then I got heavy into training. I moved, I moved a couple of times. I moved to New York city and I moved to London, got heavy into theater training. Then your, my first sort of eight years out of theater school were, were just a grind of trying to get actor work. You're trying to get uh, work in the acting field, be it theater or film or whatever, Games weren't a go-to option at this point. We're mm. talking about 2001 until about 2007 or 2008. And then I, a flatmate of mine at the time was a television producer and he had every system, which at the time was, uh, I think 360, PS3 and Wii. I think it was mm. that generation. And I think those were the three that we had. I hadn't had a console in, I don't know, eight, eight years or something like that. And I'd completely lost touch with everything. And there had been a big jump in yeah. what games were doing in that time. 
and he introduced me to um, Alan Wake and Half-Life 2. Oh, wow. Were the first two things he was like, you got to sit down and have a go at these. And I was like, this is amazing. Resi 4, I think, came oh, out uh, sort yeah. of around there as well. And I was just sold. I was like, <laughs> I got to get back into this. And, and randomly, I had done some voice work on um, on uh, Con Conflict Desert Storm back in 2001. Oh. Oh, wow. Which I never, I never played. And it was my first, one of my first jobs out of, out of theater training school. And um, years went by and I did a couple more little bits and bobs. And then in 2008, I had done some work on a previous Crytek game and they needed some extra American voices for Crisis 3. And I came in to do like a, like your typical, uh, all right, team six, move over to mm -hmm. eight. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, sort yeah. of voice. Um, and I, and then it just built from there. I got involved in project after project after project, and it became a viable way to to make a living. So that is yeah, long, that. long story short. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yes, games are really important. Like I've never looked back since I try. Like I do have. I, I have to play because I think you. I think you have to. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> there's well, no there was a time where. No, there's not. I yeah. mean, if you really want to get what's going on, because sometimes you're going to get given lines that if you're thinking about it in a film or a theater context, you're like why would I say that? Like that's just <laughs> yeah. crazy. But in a game context, it makes sense because you have to give more information in a different way. Hmm. So yeah. So playing, but I also enjoy them and I, and I'm, and I'm trying to push the boundaries of, of the types of games that I'm playing. I, I don't play enough JRPG, for example, I'm going to try and get more into them next year. So that is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I love that that, that uh, you you got into gaming so much, and then you're into acting, and then you you went towards the uh, uh, towards voice acting and video games, and now you're here. You you you're in a lead character in Evil West. It's so it's so cool. Uh, uh, but like when you when you got into all all when you did all this when you when you had recordings done and when the game was out, uh, and you know this character Jesse Rentier so much. What do you what do you think of of the guy? What do you think of Jesse Rentier, uh, so far? Like, um. The, the first, the initial first reaction when I saw, and it would have been one of the early trailers or one of the gameplay um, things, and and you hear, I heard my voice mm -hmm. on this character that I know is not me. There's like this cognitive yeah. sort of broken moment where I'm going, what? that that's not me at all, but he sounds just like me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's yeah. a bit weird. Um, he, one thing that we, look, we, we were, we were quick with the storytelling. We were to the point we wanted to just get action, 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 mm -hmm. but still leave an undertone there. If you're interested in looking for it, it's there. And one of the things that I'm most curious about, and I'm glad that we were able to hint at was you meet him at this crossroads where he's being pressured by his father to take over the family business. This yeah. is an, it's a, it's an old story. You know, this, these things happen. Yeah. Um, and he's resistant to it because he sees himself as a field agent. He wants the action. He wants the, you know, he just wants the violence. Um, but this is his responsibility. This is something he's going to have to do um, someday and no spoilers, you know, we may get closer or further away from that by the end of the game. But um I liked that they had made that and, and it happens early when you're still finding your feet in the game. Yeah. You know, this happens before it just becomes like a, wow. Okay. Mm. Action. Cause there's not much of a breather. Sometimes the yeah. cutscene will end and you're like right in there and it's oh, like, yeah. Oh, okay, here we go. Um, I liked that they had included that sort of a detail and that sort of tension between himself and his father. Cause it, it, it allows me to just have a little bit more to work with and, 
it did subtle things like it it when the, the initial read form i think the accent was heavier southern mm. and it, and i toned that down to just kind of a hint and just the possibility that that he there's a, there's the possibility jesse gives off cowboy tough raised killer and yeah. he's a great killer he's a great warrior He's had a different upbringing, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. a lot of those soldiers will have had. hes They call him sir. They, he's got a higher status than those people. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I, I wanted to, and, and I think Jason wanted to as well, just include just a little bit more of that sort of, a little bit of complexity in there. Not a lot. You know, it's an action game. But um, that is one of the things that I hung on to and that, I, that, I, that I'm really glad sort of came out through throughout that, throughout the 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 totality of the story, you know, once, once you get to the end, you, yeah, you get yeah. to see resolutions and whatnot. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I, I really like how Jesse is like a uh, sort of a guy who I know is like, I have that kind of personality where he grunts and where he's like, I'm just like, I'm just getting ready to go. You know, you're taking too much time. You know, I just, I'm just going to go there. I'm just going to do my thing. Um, yeah. Not, not so much he's into the tech stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. He's really, really impatient. He's, yeah. he's, he's almost a Luddite. Um, but again, that, and, and I think that that would be a weakness if you, if you didn't include the fact that he's not playing dumb, do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But yeah. he has, he does have the ability, I think in the long run, you know, where they do extend the story or go into, or go into making another game or something like that. I think in the long run, he is the type of person that would be a genuinely great leader, hmm. um, of yeah, the Institute. Sure. He'll, he'll have a hard time and he'll be very impatient dealing with paperwork. Like I can't see him sitting behind a desk at all, no. you know, any more than you could see Kratos sitting behind a desk. Like he's just, <laughs> he is of that personality, but yeah. I think he'll be better at it than he thinks he will be mm. um, in the long run. But yeah, the grunt, so the grunts are a really important part of him. We did a lot of them and we came back and we, and we, Sorry, this is sort of apropos of nothing, but you mentioned it. Um, no, 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 sure. Jason was doing voice directing on Plague Tale Requiem at the same time, the, oh. the, uh, the, the director. And we did a lot of the loud, barky stuff to begin with. And a lot of the, the scenes, especially with facial capture, we were able to do, myself and Brian Prothero, who plays, um, who plays Jesse's father, mm. we were actually able to do that in the same room, which during COVID, was it was just a relief to be able to... Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not a normal thing in the business anyway, but it was just great to, to play something with another actor. Um, and so their, their, their scenes are full of tension and sort of arguing with each other. But a lot of the game is this to self. Uh, do you know what I mean? He's yeah. uh, trying to figure things out or talking. And Jason, and I, I really do wonder if it's because he was simultaneously doing Plague Tale. Because, you know, Plague Tale is like, Oh, Amicia. And you're like, Shh, Hugo, shut up. Do you know what I mean? That tension that <laughs> yeah. you get from playing that game. Yeah. And I think Jason did a really great job of including that sort of thing because there were, we went from these loud bark sessions to this really low, and I know it's to self, but there's a different intensity. And I think he really led me in a way that I, I felt I was really happy with that when I played through the game. I thought, okay, those, I'm happy with those decisions that we made for those moments. You know, um, and so his his grunting and his two self things become they just yeah they became sort of a really important part of of who he is. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. I, I like I, I like seeing that. Uh, and I I know as you said, it's like the same kind of not exactly the same, but it's like the story that between 
a son and a father and they have like this 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 relationship is not so well between them that they don't yeah. understand each other so well and all that sort but uh when you when you play this character was there any challenge to on on playing him uh in this game was like any of the biggest challenge that you that you that you faced as you played him surviving some of the bark sessions can be pretty heavy and i i had been the, the biggest challenge on the course of the and the sessions lasted probably about a year and a half almost two years on and off uh, which isn't unusual you'll do an intense period of a couple of weeks and then there'll be a few months they they deal with the work that you've just done and then maybe they want to do rewrites because yeah. this they've changed a plot point maybe they just didn't like your particular choices on a certain scene um maybe there was a volume issue like maybe when they get it into the actual animation, they realize that I'm talking like you're about 20 feet away and the guy's like right here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and those, those sorts of things happen. So they have to kind of fix them, but that means that you're obviously you, you do. It's this is everybody would know this, but this is just for people that don't, mm -hmm. that don't, you know, uh, follow this part of the industry, yeah. but you, it's not like a film or a theater thing where you do it all at once. Mm -hmm. It's stretched out over a long period of time. So you're taking, other jobs you're doing other things and there was one point where i had been doing some work on uh just some smaller character work on dying light 2 um just as additional voices and because that game is so shouty from one rooftop to another yeah and i had done i had had a bit of a break because of because of the slowdown with um with covid i'd done some bits in my in my home booth um but I got a little bit overexcited in that in in that session, and when, when you're shouting, you tend to. That's when I lift my voice to a slightly higher yeah. register, and that's when my my voice in particular is in danger of blowing out. Sure. And it did that, and I came into and it was gone for a good few days, and I came into an Evil West session after that, and we and I, again we were at the point where we were kind of taking the the lines down a little bit lower, so I thought, oh, this will be all right. Yeah immediately and of course they do these are pros anybody that works on gaming at this level knows and the engineer on flying wild hogside came on to the session after about three minutes and said guys this his voice sounds completely different and no one else <laughs> has noticed really do you know what i mean but yeah. the people that work with your voice and are going to mix it they'll know right away if anything like that happens so what we had to do that day to salvage because you don't want to lose the you don't want to lose the hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's expensive. You got your directors and your engineers. You've rented the studio space. You got people on the other side in Poland. Mm -hmm. They were. Do you know what I mean? People have set aside this time. It didn't make a difference for my voice if we were barking, mm -hmm. if we were shouting, like really going for it. So we decided to turn that four-hour session into a shouting session. And <laughs> when you're just when you're literally doing it because you've sort of really hurt yourself now it was okay because i i knew that i could shift my voice back down to sort of here mm -hmm. and that part was all still fine it was just this upper level uh -huh. um that that you would use for subtlety that was gone um that that was the challenging session really that one that was about four hours of just go one line at a time just going okay a lot of support from the diaphragm <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. and just bark it out and i can hear some of those lines in there and i love them because there's some of the lines where he's at his most, uh, you know, aggressive or most stressed out or, you know, when you're fighting a boss or something like that. Yeah. And he just sounds, he just sounds up against it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it worked out the way that it did. Jesus but Christ. I was a bit worried about it at the time. Oh my God. I can't imagine how 
how it must feel to be like, oh, my voice is not the same. And now you have to like uh, completely turn things around. But it's good. It, it worked out in the end. I think that, that's, uh, yeah. that's the best thing that worked out in the end. Uh, but another thing that I, I know you talked about how uh, you have to do multiple sessions and there's sometimes rewrites and some changes that you need to probably sometimes go back to and uh, redo it again. Uh, how much, uh, was there kind of like a back and forth between what you have in the script and what you deliver? Like maybe you have something in the script and you say it something differently. Was that happening most of the time or were you always sticking to what the script has? So, okay, so sometimes people will encourage you to loosen up the language a bit. Mm -hmm. That's happening less and less. I mean, if you go back 12 or 13 years ago, um, writing's, pardon me, writing for games is in a very different place right now. Oh, yeah. um, and the people who are writing for games are, are, they're really, really good writers. And they now know the gaming industry better. Before it was, you get writers involved, but they were just sort of learning what games were. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, you you would have to maybe be a bit flexible. The word that was used a lot was cinematic. Mm -hmm. And that, okay, we get what you're trying to say, but cinematic never really helped me because cinematic is you put someone in real life on a camera and mm -hmm. film them. And that's not what we're actually doing. So I understood the reason people use that particular note. Um, but it, it never it never really chimed with me to as a as a guide. And nowadays people are getting way more specific, which is really helpful as an actor. If it's like, this isn't working for me because, or this is working, let's do more of that because. And that for me at least, everybody works differently. But yeah. um that is that is um yeah, that's really important. So sorry, I got off on a bit of a tangent there. Um <laughs> we were talking about, yeah, so hit the Hitman series, for example, which I did a lot of uh, Hitman one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. The great writers, extraordinary writers that every once in a while would go, I don't like how this particular phone, because you're, you're playing all these NPCs. Yeah. You'll have these long phone conversations. Um, and they would sometimes go, let's loosen that up a bit because I like the point of it. And I want you to hit every point that we've written. That's why we wrote them. But yeah, let's, let's loosen it up. Put a couple of ands in there, break mm -hmm. up the flow of the sentences, repeat yourself a couple of times, maybe throw in a, a cuss word, but we have a limit of cuss words that we can use for ratings and things like that. <laughs> so in, in that case, yes, it is encouraged in specific instances. Mm -hmm. In general, I don't, I, I don't move too far away from the script and on Evil West in particular, we, I, we really didn't. That that mm. script was was what we was what the was what the writers wanted, and the writers were in on the session as well. So if there was a change that really needed to be made, like because it it didn't, it, there was a problem in translation, or it just didn't a hundred percent make sense, or it was just impossible to say, yeah, which does happen occasionally. Then we could make the change, and normally, um, I, you know, I I will allow them to do that. And and normally your director will suggest a couple of things. They'll go back and forth. They'll adapt it on the script because your script comes up on, on a screen in front of you. So it can be changed at a, at a minute's notice. Um, it's an Excel document usually. Um, yeah. So we were, we were quite strict on that script. Um, a lot of times we are sometimes, like I say, we aren't, um, but that's only if, if the writers want to achieve a particular thing. 
mm-hmm. that they'll go, yeah, and feel free to just do this. They do some, they do say that sometimes, but most of the time I generally will go, well, look, you've written it a certain way. So you're going to want it said in a certain way. Uh-huh. Let them take the lead. Do you know what I mean? If they want to loosen it up. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's like kind of like uh, your, I would say practice, like when you have that script, you believe that it's written in that format. I think it's just best to be or go, I go in that way. Uh, rather than like yeah. maybe loosening up and and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean if you're if you're going to rehearse it, you may as well rehearse what's right there on your mm-hmm. own. I mean, if you're doing your work on your own, yeah, always start there. That that's yeah. that's a hundred percent the best place to start because you you will you will assume that is what they want to hear. And again, you can you'll be flexible enough once you get in or once you've done a, a few sessions, you'll then be flexible enough that if they do say. Um, let's loosen it up. Let's go, you know, we're, we're happy with the, with the content of this um, dialogue, but we do want to, we want it to sound a little bit more off the cuff and more like you're talking, like you're, you're rushing. Do you know what I mean? To yeah. a meeting and you're, you're sort of forgetting and you almost get hit by a car and blah, blah, blah. Then you can do that, but you have to take their lead, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. it's their, it's their script. It's yeah. Their, it's, <laughs> In their the end, it's, it's theirs game. They made it's it. It's theirs. You gotta go. That's with that. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, uh, with the with the recording, uh, I I know you mentioned like uh, you have like uh, facial uh, uh, capture. Was it ever a full uh, body motion capture, or was it just not for Jesse? No, okay. no, for Jesse they had in the majority of what I was able to see, because um, I did the majority of the dialogue before any um, any final animations had come through. I, I did very little knowing what the game was going to look like, but I did have the original mocap photography. Um, oh. which was very helpful. So I could see, I could see the, the, the motion capture, uh, capture actors doing the scenes, Okay. which, which obviously helps when you're going like, uh, okay. So then he takes a breath there. He slams his hand on mm-hmm. the table or anything, but the facial capture was done at the same time as a lot of the dialogue. Um, and that was a head rig, mm-hmm. your standard head rig with the multiple cameras about, about that far away from your face. Um, which meant, I think we recorded it with multiple microphones as well. We had a head mic. Um, we had a sort of a, a like a, one of the pop mics down here. And then we had a shotgun as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, they covered, they sort of covered all bases. And then we did, we, we had to go back. Jet, look, Jesse does a lot of scowling. There's, there's, no, there's no way to get around. Yeah. Jesse's, this is like Jesse's default in his face. Do you know what I mean? And so <laughs> it, it came... But you're, but you're in character and it's yeah. not wrong. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just not. that eventually you're going to need some variety. So we did at the beginning of a session, uh, an extra session that we put in. I think we added a few just just to give them a little bit more to work with if they really needed it. We just added some nice facial flexes, different things that they could use mm-hmm. as as the animations were, were finishing off. Um and I, and, and I guess we won't know, uh, I would imagine a, a good deal of the facial expressions are mine and some of them may well be from the original um, motion, cap- motion capture artist as well. And then some are probably just done by the animators. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it, it was an interesting process. It was, it's yeah. not, I did, I did the full mocap for Midas in, in Ghost Recon, um, the Breakpoint, the sequel. Um, to ghost because I had done his voice in the first game, and uh, that was more of a full-on experience. That was out in Montreal, and that was T positions, and uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Full-on dots. And and I, when I do some motion capture, it's amazing to walk into a studio and work with mocap artists. Like mm. these are stunt people 
These are people that used to be dancers or they're martial artists or they're all actors as well. But I mean, the things they can do are, oh, wow, just unbelievable. Um, So I'm I'm really in awe of of the moment. I've done done quite a bit of it, but I I would probably never put myself in the pool with people that are legit, you know, Mm mocap. Mm. artists um so this was this was just the right amount for me do you know what i mean yeah. like just the right i can focus on the facial expressions and we can pick things up so so you think that uh you like uh the the facial capture more than like the full body motion capture if you had these two options i think you would go with the the one that you did in this game no i just think i i, I would love to do a full performance capture um i just think i i just think I'm better at one thing than the other. <laughs> I just think I'm, I'm, I'm stronger. I've, I've spent a, a good amount of hours doing, doing the voice side and, and the facial capture side. Mm-hmm. Facial capture I, it tends to get done quite a lot nowadays because yeah. it's a lot easier to do than it used to be. And you may as well, if you've got, if you've already got the person, I mean, you can see while I'm talking right now, I use my face a lot and, yeah. and, and like we all do. So you may as well capture that information yeah. while it's there. I mean, so that's usually used as a base guide. What we did with Evil West was no, we full on were capturing mm-hmm. that properly. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, a, 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 but a performance capture. I know you had Danielle Bazzuti on. Yeah. Um, her performance is extraordinary, and I'm talking about the first game. I haven't played the second one, but the subtleties she gets, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I'm, uh, no spoilers for a game from 2018, right? But when <laughs> yeah. she makes her turn, when she gets upset, when she gets angry, yeah, at the end of that first game, they captured a, a legit, brilliant performance, and that that takes a lot. That's yeah. so that's the talent of the performer, with, uh, and she's the real deal. If anybody. Anybody watching this hasn't watched that interview, they should watch it. She's she's extraordinary. Yeah, she is. But the but the crew around that mm-hmm. and and the tech and this um the advances that we have to be able to capture a performance like that. Oh yeah, I'd love to. But it's it's not do you know what I mean? It's not in my wheelhouse yet. It mm-hmm. would be my first it would be my first time doing a full performance capture like they did for Red Dead Redemption. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or, yeah, or yeah. God of War or Tilu Tilu 2. All of that is, yeah, it's exciting. It's amazing to think that we can do it now. But, yeah. but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more of a voice, um, and and my my captures tend to be more facial. What did you ever got to see like uh, some of the cutscenes uh, from the game when 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 it was out? Like I don't know if you have got to see most of it, or did you get to see any of the scenes when the game came out? Was that ever a thing, or do you like maybe now you now that you have the game, then maybe now you've seen it. I've seen them all because I played through. I'm on a Game Plus replay now. Um, and but and the first time I saw, so I said I spent probably about the first year looking at the original mocap footage, mm-hmm. um, and then gee, maybe six or eight months before launch. I started to get some references saying, "Okay, look, this is what the final scene is going to look like." Mm-hmm this line doesn't work because you can see why now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. too far away or we, your performance just doesn't quite match what we've got him animated as doing. Um, pardon me. So that's, that's when I started to see, to see them. Yeah. Probably about six or eight months beforehand. And then we would go in and sort of fix, fix any issues that we had. We still had, I think there were some that were still finishing animation where we just got a really good description of why mm-hmm. a particular line didn't work in a cutscene. 
and we just had to work around it. Normally you'll give three or four variations so long as they fit within. That's one of those times where if they say this line has to be two and a half seconds long, it yeah. has to be two and a half seconds long. Because that's how um, long it has been done as an animated. Uh, that's yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, they can make adjustments on the animation side, but it's just easier to say <laughs> say the line faster, yeah. a bit slower, you know, so you might as well do it. Yeah. Uh, was it ever weird to like listen to your own voice uh, from the game? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was, it was really odd, and I've done, I've done it before. I, I guess. I mean, player character wise, I've only played player characters two or three times, mm. um, and I played a lot of supporting roles, like in Control or Ghost Recon, like I mentioned before, where I didn't have that much of a. Uh, I don't know, just an inability to to marry my voice to a character. Langston in Control, for example, that is my face. I yeah. mean, they've, they've taken, they've put his hairline back and they've made him bigger and older, I hope anyway, but <laughs> but it's still, it's my face. So mm -hmm. when I hear my voice come out of it, it wasn't as weird, but Jesse's just this amazing <laughs> dude. I mean, he's so cool that it, that it was, yeah, I was a bit, I was a bit like, I just can't, I just know that that's not me. Like that, that. And it was funny because one of the, I think one of the senior producers, probably from the distributor as opposed to the developer, was in on a session at one point and um, was listening to the lines we were doing. And he said, uh, you know, all, all, all I can picture you as right now is Jesse Rents here. And I said, what do you mean? He was like, no, like I just, I can picture what you look like. And I was like, oh, mate, you're, you're in for a disappointment. <laughs> that's what, if that's what you think. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, it is it is odd, and it, and it can be. I think that was the first time. It was such a sizable role, and I spent playing the game. I spent so much time. You do you spend all your time with that character? Yeah, that, I got used to it after a while. But it was more so than if I played a supporting role and and I just pop in and pop out. I mean, you say I play a supporting role though as a dragon or a or a robot or something. Mm -hmm. I also don't have that problem because they're not real things. But Jesse was this real protagonist in yeah. front of me and, it, and and he was talking with my voice and yeah that was that was a bit odd yeah yeah for sure i mean was it ever a thing like where you uh were you listening to your voice or you just watching your scenes is it ever a thing like where you you see it and you, you kind of like judge yourself like oh i didn't do this right or i this was wrong uh, oh, oh yeah. i'm doing horrible uh, was that this is all judgment all, all that stuff yeah, 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 all the time, all the time, and I and I've and I, over the years I've learned to curb the oh I'm terrible I'm re I had a friend, a very good actor who's done really well for himself as well. I, I won't say his name, but he used to come. We were doing a show together one time, and he he used to come up to me and go, Derek, I am a terrible, terrible <laughs> actor. And I was like, dude, you're not. You're a great actor. Just don't worry about it. And I'm glad he's he's had all the success that he's that he's having right now, but I've learned to step on that particular beast, but it's there. It's always there going, you're awful. You're awful. That's fine because it is important to know when you've not hit it. Do you know what I mean? It's important to know when you, you missed a moment. It's important to know when you missed a tone of an entire scene, you have to know that because you have yeah. to make those adjustments. And if it's too late to do it in this project, you know, you dang well be able be able, better be able to do it in, in your next one. Yeah. But if you give in to the voice that says, I'm bad, I'm bad, that's not helpful at all. Yeah. That's not, you know, we all make mistakes. We all make bad choices. If for whatever reason, you know, we just misunderstood something or we, 
it's constantly throughout anything I've ever done. If I'm leaving a live show in the theater or if I'm playing a game that I've done a voice on, I will constantly be going, no, I, I wish I could do that again. Oh no, blah. But you have to keep it in, in the, uh, I'm learning from this and I won't make that mistake again sort of way. Then it's mm -hmm. useful. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're just beating yourself up about it, nah, it's, it's just, it's just second rate stuff it's not it's not worth sweating about because the hardest thing about game acting is that you you don't know what's going on mm. you don't like yeah. you show up on day one and you're i've done jobs that were set in space and i didn't know until i was standing in front of the mic like this do you know what i mean <laughs> everything is very secretive yeah because it needs to be it's 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 the type of industry where you, you develop something for anywhere between five and ten years mm. and you got to keep as much of that plot and that story to your, to yourself as possible. So you, you, you're working on the fly, but hopefully you're, you have to trust your director. You have got to trust your voice director because yeah. they have a lot more information than you do. Um, and so hopefully you manage to put together, you know, the right vision of what it is and you're going to get the right tone. And, and again, your voice director's worked with all say 10 or 30 other actors that are involved and he knows how loud people are talking. He knows the sort of vibe they're going for. Mm. He knows if they're being comedic, he knows who, and you, you, he, she, sorry, I shouldn't just keep saying he, that's ridiculous. But, <laughs> um, uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you don't have access to that information that they have. Mm. So yeah, you're you're coming at it with a, with a particular um, like a handicap that will be. Yeah, sorry again, I got a bit diatribe there, didn't I? I <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I'm just really <laughs> thinking about it now, and it's yeah. It, you have to yeah. You just have to give yourself a bit of a break if you if mm. you if you miss the if you miss the boat on small things. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it's really important, and I I, I do that a, a lot when I'm like whatever whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm making. Or doing uh, and when it's out or when it's done and I always feel like oh this I didn't I probably could have done this better and I feel bad about it a lot and then I ask people like uh and say the same thing like I've not done this well and like I always depend on someone to say like hey, you, can, you are you have done it well instead of me like thinking about like you have done your best whatever things that you've done wrong just you know you just see it mark it out and then maybe the next time you don't you try not to do it and try to be better at it exactly and yeah. that's it. You just sort of you just sort of take step by step by step. And there's always going to be something that surprises you, even if you're the most prepared for mm -hmm. something like and I, and I find this with auditions as well. Evil West audition, for example, when we came in, I sent a couple of emails saying, or, or, so this is audio only. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, it's audio only. So I set up my thing thinking there was going to be no camera. So yeah. I was sort of on an angle. There were no lights. I had my one of my audio baffles sort of behind me. It just looked ridiculous. <laughs> and then Jason says, "Hey, let's get the camera on. Take a look at you." And I was like, "Ah, oh, uh, no, <laughs> really?" And I and I and and for I, I really wanted the job. And like I say, we ended up having a good meeting, but it stuck in my head. I was like, "I'm not going to get that job <laughs> because I I just didn't think to go. Maybe they will want to see me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's a bit of a rookie mistake. But there will always be some sort of surprise." when you're having a meeting for a job or there will always be something that's not quite right or something that you weren't quite prepared for. And what you have to do is just take it in the moment, move with it as well as you can sell what you know, you did well. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, and just try, try not to feel too bad about it because you will yeah. in this, is in, in this, and, and it's, just, it's the same in your business. There's always going to be some little lurking beast waiting to surprise you with some little yeah. 
thing, you know? Yeah, all the time. I think it's 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 better to be prepared, but it's better to not beat up for, to, like yourselves too much about it when things are not yeah. that perfect because they will never be perfect. Um, no, exactly. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, but uh, you know what? I I just love that the fact that you you play so many games and you're looking forward to you know you've been in so many support characters before and the games that I love like you said Control was was a game I loved so much. Uh, you played a character over there. You you're now in Evil West. What is that a game that you look forward to that you want to be? I want to be a part of this game so much. Is that a game like that that you want to be a part of? Yeah. Um. Just. Um. But anything by Bethesda, I, I, I like, I just, I'm, I can't, I'd love to be in Skyrim, not Skyrim, like ESO, Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Uh, I, I, I would love that. I've spent so many hours playing those games and I bought Skyrim like 900 times, <laughs> bought it in VR, bought it on the Switch, bought it on the 360 and the one and the X series and every anniversary that comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, cause I love playing those games. I can, I, and I guess one of the things that I like about those so much is that you put, you put, you are your character, right? Mm -hmm. Like in those types of games where you yeah. create your character, you can see them, you're what they look like. And they, they, strangely enough, they don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they, there's no audio for the player character in yeah. those. And I, for whatever reason, it kind of, I feel like it allows me to just drop myself in there more and, all of the lore and everything. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I think they have so many, because the worlds are so vast. Oh, yeah. There are so many strange people that you come across um, in their games that they would be fun to play. I want to play a Khajiit uh, thief or something like that. that. That's one. And I, and I, and I'm lucky enough as well, because like, I think I said earlier, um, Alan Wake really got me back into gaming. I thought the narrative on that game was extraordinary. And I, I do work um, quite a lot with Remedy and I, I really count myself as fortunate because I always look forward to their games. Yeah. Um, but then that, that kind of, the longer I'm in the industry, the more I look forward to pretty much the games of most of the people I get to work with. I get to mm -hmm. work with like Ubisoft, IO Interactive. Uh, the, and I, I'll, I'll stop there because I've got a, a Flying Wild Hog, obviously, but this is these are all great everybody i work for is there's there's nothing disappointing about yeah. any of them the quality of the games that they're making the visions that they're trying to achieve um are are really really exciting and i just think going forward gaming is it's it's been let's be honest it's been getting the response that it deserves for for a few years now it has it's no longer the underdog mm. that people aren't taking seriously yeah, 100%. but i'm i'm happy that that's the case i'm happy it's getting the recognition that it deserves and i I look forward to playing so much. I bought WWE 2K22 the oh, other day. No way. It was so on cool. sale. I haven't played a wrestling game in seriously 30 years since like the oh, Super wow. NES. And oh, so wow. it's not just the gap and not just the fact that I probably only know about 70% of the wrestlers. There's, <laughs> there's a bunch of new ones on there that I'm not familiar with. But the mechanics on it are, and it, could people that play these games all the time, they're going to be like, no, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So here's the caveat. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm playing the game <laughs> and I'm really loving it. I'm really, it's, it's fun to get into, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and it reminds me that was something I, I used to enjoy quite a lot when I was younger as well. Uh, WWF, WWE now, but, mm -hmm. um, that, that it's just, it's, it's good in sports games. Yeah. I, I played Madden. I play NHL. Yes. Everybody complains every single year when they come out, they're like, they didn't fix this. They didn't do that. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. But still they're so great yeah they're so great they're such a great way to you know have fun so yeah oh 
yeah, there's a lot I'd love to be involved in. But yeah, Bethesda comes to mind for sure. That's cool. You mentioned WWE, and I, I actually watched WWE for, for a long time and still watch it to this day. Not too regular, but I still watch it to this day. I have the game right. myself. When the game came out, I just wanted yeah. to get it. And it's so fun playing it. It's just so fun you know, controlling those characters. And actually, uh, what I did is I, I would build my own kind of like a, a, a sort of company and then run, make characters and, and then run like a kind of like a universe around Is that it. the My GM mode? Is yeah, it My GM or yeah, is yeah. that? Yeah, My GM is also there. My GM is like a very uh, kind of like running your Raw or SmackDown show. Uh, with okay. selecting a general manager, like there are four general managers uh, that you can select, and then you have the same superstars that that the game has, uh, which is right. also fun to do. Like it's a very uh, like basic one, but it's like uh, it's very fun. Uh, but I also would uh, just go to a universe mode and just just create site, just create random characters just by myself, and then add them yeah. in a show that I create. Uh, that I name it and everything and I may name right. my own pay-per-views and all that stuff and just they go through storylines and stuff like that so I did all of that it was very fun to do so I'm I'm happy that you, you got uh, WWE to get yeah but I mean how cool is it to be able to do that yeah. we had we I mean I remember playing wrestling games that were like 16-bit you had a choice <laughs> of like eight wrestlers yeah. and this is before licensing as well so none mm. of the, re- the wrestlers had names like Mick rare do you know what i mean or like bulk logan or like they were all like fake sort of ripoffs of what they were now you can literally create your i created my own guy the other night um and you can you can go through all they they allow you to use the animations for all the uh, you know all the the guys that exist then there's some general animations Mm -hmm. if you want to sort of have one that's more original Sorry, I don't want to turn this into an advert for WWE 2K, <laughs> but I'm, I just wasn't expecting. It was not something I would ever have bought, and I bought it, and I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. So that's that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, uh, going back to the Evil West a little bit, like I, I know, like I, I love the, the the world of this game and and the story, how it's going towards a um, lot of characters that I've now known where I am right now. Uh, they're getting interesting, and I like how there's a small relationship uh, building uh, with all of them. Uh, when 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 was when you're shooting all of this? Was that is there any if you remember is there any memorable uh, kind of direction that you got um, when you were going through all the shootings? Yeah, there was a bunch of different ones. I, when from the first meeting, strangely enough, the um, the concept of of lethal weapon came up. This '80s fr- action franchise movie, like Buddy Cops. Oh. And it was interesting to watch that sort of change as we, it never changed completely. I think there's a good relationship between Jesse and Edgar. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they do banter a little bit. The, neither of them are laugh riots though. I yeah. mean, Edgar's scary, man. Yo, <laughs> yeah, he is, he is tough. Like I, Jesse's tough, but I, I'd love to see Edgar become a playable character, to be honest with you. And if you could, do you know what I mean? In yeah. the dual play, if you For could have sure. one plane as Jesse and one plane as Edgar, I think yeah. that'd be amazing. But anyway, that's their, that's their stuff to worry about. But um, it, so, so we, we tried to maintain a bit of that banter, but it was about, it was, I think it was, oh, it was Jason, it might've been Maria talking about sort of the light versus the dark mm-hmm. um, and trying to keep it's basically in context, someone was saying, this is a game We're we can do whatever we want around it and we can frame particular moments. 
um, in many different ways. And we're trying to give people, we're giving them a lot of different locations. We're giving them a ton of different combat options. We're giving them a good variety of, of, of enemies to kill. Um, we don't want to lean too heavily into one, either a comedic take on this, mm -hmm. where you get into a little bit more like low Wang shadow warrior territory. Yeah. Uh, although that's insane violence, but, but <laughs> it's still, he's quite tongue in cheek, but we, we just, we can't go too dark. We just, mm -hmm. we want this guy to just be just straight kind of down the line. And it just made me think of having that conversation. I haven't, I haven't given a, a quotable response to that, and I apologize for that. But it was a, okay. it was a deeper conversation that we actually had. Clint Eastwood came to mind, and Clint Eastwood in those old spaghetti western movies, who should have been a first port of call, really, in a game like this. But you think about him; he barely opens his eyes. Yeah, he just sort of whispers absolutely everything. And that we ended up there again. We still had a buddy cop sort of thing that we wanted, so we were able to loosen him up a bit. And I think he does have some moments where his sense of humor does come through. Mm. And we know we talked about before his impatience certainly comes yeah. through. Um, but but yeah, through through that conversation so it wasn't just one piece of direction but it was about finding the tone the overall mm -hmm. tone of who this guy was going to be and i did i don't read many reviews because I, I don't think they're they're always terribly helpful but i also i think it's good to be able to read them and not like just go oh and get really upset about yeah. them. And one one that i kind of pondered a lot was someone said i wish the game had leaned a little bit more into the campness of its situation mm -hmm. And I kind of thought that's interesting. And I went, cause you know, you do sort of, sometimes you're sort of playing, should we be going, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? And really ripping into it. But then you're kind of playing, you're kind of playing Bayonetta. So that's a bad example because she's so unique. Yeah. Um, you're not playing evil West. So we, it was a, it was a lot of just sort of trying to find a balance and a nice sort of through line. And I think we, we, we really did manage to do that well. And I probably wouldn't do it any other way. And I've thought about other things that we could have done or other ways that, that, that it could have been approached. I'm personally, at least, you know, it's, it's all a matter of taste if you're playing yeah. it or if you're making a game, but personally I played it through and I was happy with, I believe we achieved what we wanted to achieve with that character and with that, with that team and with that storyline. Um, yeah. And I'd oh God, I'd love to do more. I really hope they do another one of these. <laughs> well, I love you. I love Jesse Rencher, man. He's great. <laughs> he is really good. I think he's a really badass character. I'm I'm hoping that there is a, a possible sequel, uh, another game that we could get go through Jesse Rentier because I really like I really like his uh, his I don't know if you can say his gloves. Uh, oh, the I gauntlet. Think, yeah, the gauntlet. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I love this gauntlet. I uh, love just just punching people. So it's really fun uh, using like using all this all the items that he has, all the weapons that he utilizes. Uh, and it's I I suck at the weapons sometimes, but like it's really fun overall to like just just explore his you, world and play it. You ha you have to remember, and I I struggled with this a little bit over the first sort of three or four levels. It was up to the point where I got the crippling rod, which is that sort of mm. crucifix electrifying yeah. weapon. That was a point at which I got that weapon and I then didn't use it for, I think, like a whole chapter because oh, I wow. and that was when I thought, OK, I need to just move from one option to the next. And that's mm. the best thing about the game. It's one of those ones where you got to keep moving or yeah. you're finished. you got to keep moving and keep being aggressive or you're done. You will not survive. There's no taking a break. Mm. And it took me a little while to get my head into swapping, constantly swapping. I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to use that. Now I'm going to use this. Yeah. 
once you get into that sort of habit and it only just takes maybe one, one or two left, a couple of arenas and you force yourself to get out of your comfort zone as a player, or if you've fallen into, I'm going to drag you with the gauntlet and then I'm going to beat yeah. you. And you just do that over and over. If you break that habit, you get into using the boomstick, using the, the rifle. You, that is when the combat for this truly takes off. Mm -hmm. And that is when I was really hooked. When I reminded myself, look, I've got to start using all these different options. Um, yeah, um, that yeah, that's that's a hundred percent the the best thing yeah. about that game is just taking advantage of all the different options that you have yeah. in combat. It's so so fun to like have those so much intensity in this action. It just keeps on going, going, and going. Oh, and so intense! So, isn't so it? intense! So quick! And so <laughs> so intense! And yeah, it's so many things happening at the same time. You have like your revolver, and then you have your rifle, and then you have your punching, and then you have to drag people in, go to that person. Yeah. It's so many things, and I love that. It's uh, it's such action packed, uh, and I'm I enjoyed it so much. And uh, uh, in the end, I would say uh, thank you so much for for being here and talking about all Evil West, talking about the character of Jesse Rentier. It's so fun. I love the world. I love what they have made. I love how you performed as Jesse. Uh, and I cannot wait to see if there's a sequel. Hopefully there is. Uh, Neither can I. <laughs> I, I. I would love to play that whenever that comes out. And I'm, I'm, if anybody has not tried that game, I think you should definitely take a look and give it a go. I think it's a very wonderful game. Uh, really, really action-packed. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. I think I'm, I'm really enjoying it as well. So I think you should definitely give it a try. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much uh, uh, for, for coming here, Derek. This is, this is, this is really cool. Uh, getting, getting to talk to someone who, who who was the main character in Evil West? So happy that you got to got to do this. No, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for asking me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this interview with this amazing voice actor. It is so incredible that I get to share their story on how they work as a voice actor and their performance in the video game. It's just amazing in its own to talk to a voice actor who worked in these awesome video games. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I would highly appreciate if you could give it a follow and also share it with your friends or whoever who likes video games. And if you want to watch the video version of this very much interview, you can check it out on YouTube by the name Game in Madness. Thank you once again for listening and I'll see you guys in the next interview.